0: from the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes. You're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast everyone. It's the last Tuesday of the month and that usually means Guru Voodoo where the game gurus give their best recommendations for a particular group of players, but this week we're going to do something a little different. The gurus have the most glamorous job at Snakes and Lattes and they get most of the airtime here on the Snakes Cast, but I can tell you we'd be completely useless without the people backing us up just one tiny example, we do get swamped sometimes and it falls to our teammates to make sure that the guests are entertained. And today we're going to talk with a couple of them about how they manage to do that while at the same time holding down the fort on the rest of their duties, behind the counter or out on the floor. Please welcome back to the Snakes Cast, Emily Finnerty. Hello. And introducing Kyle Matisic. Hey. So uh, start off by giving us a really quick rundown of the various things that you have to keep, uh, you know, the balls you have to keep juggling while you're on the job and how often you wind up having to help people with games that something that happens like um, all the time?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Um I a server most of the time, basically all of the time, and people that especially people that had never been in the cafe before sort of don't really understand the the fact that there's two different roles and that server and guru are two different people. So a lot of the times, mm. as also as like one of their first point of contacts and the first person that has talked to them for more than you know 30 seconds just to give them their table. What they say, they they always ask, and they always say, like, oh, you know, I'm looking for a game for me and my friend, and we've never played board games before, but we hear they're really fun, I've heard a lot about this game, blah, 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 blah. So, a, a lot of the time, that's something that happens, and on slower days, it's not usually so bad, like weekdays and such, but... Anybody that's been to the cafe on a weekend knows that we get slammed pretty much. We get people waiting outside the door before we even open and we sometimes we fill up by 11:30, a half hour before we unlock the doors. So it's always not always realistic to be able to help people between um, you know running drinks, running food, putting orders through, filling up water, mopping up spills.
0: And meanwhile, the, uh, the gurus also often have a waiting list of four or five tables. They can get to, so the servers wind up getting slammed
2: just as hard with that stuff
0: too. How about you, Kyle?
2: Well, um, I'm a barista, so I don't uh, I don't deal with it as often. It's funny though when when people are new to Snakes and Lattes, they'll uh, they'll end up coming and coming in and like they'll wave down anyone who has a shirt uh, a Snakes <laughs> and Lattes shirt because they're just excited and they'll do that whole thing. They'll ask questions like, "What kind of game would you recommend us?" Um, And we have gone through this sort of training uh, where we would pitch ideas uh, to them or ask them questions like what would you rather have, a trivia game, a strategy game, uh, something just to get you started, uh, something silly. And uh, they're, they're called breadstick games because it's like breadsticks, like when you, when you go into like any sort of restaurant, uh, they, I, you know, you get your spaghetti and you also get like a little basket of bread. That's, that's basically what we've been trained to do, a lot of us. And uh, even though I'm the barista, I still teach games um, almost every day because I'm just someone who also knows a decent amount of games. I think we all do at Snakes and Lattes. It's so. pretty hard to
0: be in that environment for long without uh, getting into it. Even those who've, uh, who've come to Snakes, who, uh, who don't have much of a background in games, after working there for a fair while, you just tend to pick it up by osmosis, kind of. Uh, did, you, did either of you play a lot of games before you started uh, at, the, at the cafe?
1: A fair bit, yeah. I'm mostly with people that already worked there, so I don't think that (laughs) quite counts, but um, yeah, like a fair bit. And also I think something worth mentioning is that as much as like all of us know games, we also like really enjoy board games. And a lot of the time we would rather be teaching you board games and playing like, you know, Almost playing board games with you than you know running sandwiches or you know wiping <laughs> down tables or running empty coffee cups you know so like basically
2: if... not be working I rather I rather play games than not you know exactly
1: <laughs> and you know teaching a game is the closest you can get to being paid to play board games if you're one of us so yeah is
2: that like your favorite part of uh, of the job
1: it's kind of exciting it's nice when it's slow enough and you can actually do it it's fun it's different. it's also a
2: huge bummer when you go to teach someone one of your favorite games and. You uh, look back at their table like 10 minutes later, and they totally like have it on the ground. They like, they they don't they don't understand it. They don't get it. So they might seem like to get it at first, and everything seems cool. And I and really then, feel yeah. your pain, Kyle.
0: That's so. <laughs> it, feel it. It's
2: rough. You feel it in your heart. It's like rejection. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, you should try this game that I love. And then uh, they're like, yeah, they get gun hole about it, and you turn around, and they they're like. Flagging down someone else to see if they can get another game from someone else, so it's it's a little bit harsh. Let's talk a little bit about those games then. Those we'll start with you, Kyle. What's uh, the games that you really
0: like to bring out when you get the chance?
2: Well, it really depends on how many people are at the table, um, and just judging. I mean, in this sort of situation, judging a table um, by by the the way they're reacting to you. Um, like how, how uh, busy they are with their hands and, and how pushy they are with what they want, uh, you can kind of judge uh, what they would want to go for. Not only that, but you can ask them, like, is it strategy you guys are you guys are fiending for right now? Is it, uh, is it trivia? Is it a party-esque game? Like, do you guys want to yell? Do you want to, like, strategize? Like, well, what's up?
0: We'll get to the specifics of what games are bringing up for what uh, groups in a sec, but for now, what I want to know is which game hurts makes you feel the most pain when you bring it out and they don't care for it. One that you love to bring out.
2: Hmm. Um. I. I would say. Uh, uh, I'm the boss. Is like the one that really hurts me when they don't get it or when they don't <laughs> when they don't want to run with it because I've had so much fun with that game to be able to like throw around millions of dollars and uh, have these big elaborate deals and stuff like that. Uh, me and my friends have had so much fun playing that game and when I like look at a group of people and there's like six people and I'm like, oh, you know a game you would love? This one. And then they try it out and if they don't like it, I honestly, I, I, I get cry a little bit inside. I get really upset.
0: I'm the boss is a tough sell in some cases because it's so freeform. It's an open negotiation game where anybody can sort of jump in and make any kind of deal they want. And because of that lack of structure. A lot of people feel kind of lost at sea with it but yeah if you got four or five players and you want a cutthroat negotiation game and thank goodness i'm the boss is back in print again it was gone for a long time and we yeah. really missed it how about you Anne?
1: um i really like recommending games for like abstract games especially those that are built mm. for two people um i'm sort of running on the assumption that we're talking about on a regular workday, games I can get away with teaching because a lot of my favorite games are not games I could ever, ever, ever explain to anybody in under five minutes and yeah, still be I'm, capable of doing my job. I'm the
0: boss is a pretty long teach. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you, don't do, you won't get to bring that one up very often, which I guess makes it hurt all the more. But those mm-hmm. abstract games that you're talking about, the minute to learn, lifetime to master type stuff?
1: Yeah, those are my favorite. Um, also, just in general, I feel that recommending games for groups of two is a little bit easier for me mostly because you know larger groups you have more people and if one person doesn't get it you have to go over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over again and just sort of like math wise if you've only got two people the number of people that cannot get it caps out at two right (laughs) and it's sort of it you know you can just in terms of time management that tends to work out better
0: it's being really important Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, what are some of your favorites to bring out then for that
1: I really like kulami. Kulami is probably one of my favorite of the abstract games. The really nice ones that are built with, you know, marble bits and wooden tiles and stuff that are incredibly satisfying to just even just like touch.
0: It just looks really elegant and pretty on the table.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: One of the other nice things I like about kulami, bringing out for couples especially, is that it's a little bit competitive, but it's kind of hard to see three or four moves ahead what's going to happen. So it doesn't. It's not like a huge crushing thing. If somebody loses, it's like, oh no, okay, I didn't really sort of see that, let's play again.
1: Yeah, and another good thing about Columbia is that there are a bunch of alternate ways to score as well um, that people don't really realize, and once they get it, if they like it, you can sort of explain to them that, oh, well, you know, you can just sort of decide to do it this way instead, and it's always interesting for them to see how they play the game differently.
0: That's especially handy for you because you can sort of revisit them. Time to time at their table and add new stuff to their experience. And they could kind of customize it.
1: Yeah, and then you know, being able to play the same game, you know, three or four times with a different goal every time is an interesting experience.
2: What do you bring out if you've got two people? Um, for me, it it depends again. Like it's it's all a matter of what the situation is really telling you I mean if it's if it looks like there's two people on a date I'll bring out Blockus Duo because um, that that's a really quick and easy game but it, it, it it's also hard like you also can't see that many moves ahead unless like you really want to uh, like dive into it and like make it like competitive it's not like it's just not not that competitive
0: do you think there's a big difference between the kind of stuff you want to bring up for people who are on a date versus people who are just
2: friends oh totally totally like if it's two bros sitting down there and they, they <laughs> I just saw them playing a game of chess I would immediately go up to them and say you should try the duke um i'm a huge fan of that game and it's in the same vein as chess uh if it's two people on a date like i'll bring out something cute like hey that's my fish um and, and with that game it's like it's it's cute like the pieces are cute and uh the, the the idea of the game itself is just really really cute um so i'll bring out stuff like that uh if it looks like two like nerdy err looking people i'll bring out um like Quizniak or something like that, or or, or something that involves A trivia, or like timeline, like uh, like something that you don't you don't have to know. Um, everything about the game or these pieces, but you can still play it and have fun.
1: I was actually going to say that I would recommend trivia games for people on dates maybe, not that we can actually tell most of the time, just Mm -hmm. because like a trivia game sort of spawns more of a narrative than anything else, right? I mean, you you can sort of, you know, with timeline, you can put there like, oh my god, the potato was discovered that early? Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) And it can sort of spawn a conversation from there, I think, a little bit more organically than another, like abstract type game like Blockus or Hey, That's My Fish where you really don't have anything in the game that can sort of incite any sort of comment or conversation. If, yep. some,
0: if somebody knows the answer to a trivia question, sometimes there can be a conversation to get started and how they knew that, where they came to know it.
1: Yeah, and Quizniak is a good one as well. Like you mentioned, Kyle, just because it's, for those that have never seen Quizniac, it's basically like countdown trivia. You've got ten clues mm-hmm. in sort of ascending order, like descending order... Of difficulty, yes. starting from incredibly abstract and obscure down to the very specific, and the sooner you get the correct answer, the more points you get based on the clue.
2: And the answers are just silly, like like the cassette tape or uh, burgers. They, you know, like it's just like the, the silliest answers uh, usually are, like just all rounded answers. but the clues are very abstract. They're 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 hard to kind of like pinpoint exactly. They start exactly. out that way, but yeah, then yeah. the
0: good it goes on. That's one of the things I love about Quizniak is that it avoids that problem of trivia games of feeling like an idiot if you just don't know the answer to this and you don't know this and you don't know this. Again, having a bunch of I don't knows in a row. With Quizniak, you're gonna get it eventually. The only question is how long. And so that helps people to feel more comfortable and obviously comfort is hugely important in any sort of first date type situation. Of course. What about bigger groups then? Supposing you've got more people and uh, I mean, what, what if this is like a big rowdy sort of group, what do you bring up for them?
1: Resistance. Always the resistance. <laughs> Resistance Forever, it's my favorite, favorite game to bring out for large groups of people that look like they'd have a great time yelling at one another.
2: For, for me, I would lean towards uh, Snake Oil or Cash and Guns. Cash and Guns more than anything else because if they're rowdy and they and you get that vibe from them, then they probably want to aim foam guns at each other and fight over money. (laughs) I I just get that feeling, and it's an easy teach. I could sit down and be like, here's the money, here's the cards, here's this cool gun that you get to hold, and you can hold it in any way you want, which is pretty rad, (laughs) uh, and and go at it. Um, And uh, For snake oil, I I basically, when I pitch that idea, I say, uh, you have to be a really sleazy car salesman. So you feel free to cut each other off when you're making a sale or a pitch uh, to the person who has the character card or whatever. and yeah, Just make um, them selling ridiculous products to each other. Yeah, it's really fun.
0: With Resistance, it's especially important, I think, that the group be sort of outgoing because it's a game all about talking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's It, it doesn't work with quiet people and it's... It's sort of a difficult game to pitch if the pers- if the group immediately sat down and you have zero idea what they're like, but if they've been there for a little while and you sort of have seen them kind of get louder and be a little bit more aggressive then I've pitching it to game to groups like that like I've never seen it fail. Never. People just love being mean to their friends. I mean, you teach it, and you walk away, and then 45 seconds later, there's a guy screaming across the cafe, No, you're making a huge mistake! You
0: know? <laughs> it's those secret teams, those spies, you can't trust them. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, that's one of the wonderful things, too, about, the, uh, about all of these kinds of games. Most of the ones that you've mentioned for big groups, they're about communication. They're about talking. They're about getting, and, and, and also about getting started quickly. So, um, a little bit of an unusual guru-voodoo for us uh, for this week, folks, but bear in mind, the gurus are not the only ones who know their stuff at Snakes and Lattes. Anytime you go in there, you're dealing with people who love games and who know their stuff. And these games are all really quick to teach, they're really accessible across a broad range of player types, so if you're a new player, or a casual player, and you want to introduce your friends to playing on the tabletop, but you don't want to overload them with complexity, heed the wisdom of the staff from Snakes. Thanks for listening everyone. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Emily Finerty and Kyle Tissick. Game on? Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm PT Douglas. Game on.